I go to the Buddha for refuge. I go to the Dharma for wisdom. I go to the Sangha for connection and kindness. Welcome to the first night of this retreat on uh, life vows. We've called it different things over the years. The heart's aspiration is one of my favorites. So this could be a historic time. We've got the coronavirus and all of its variants. We've got unemployment and lockdowns. We've got this new Zoom technology. The end of one administration in the U.S. and the beginning of another. All the excitement politically, political divisiveness. And out of the chaos of the 1960s, Martin Luther King came and really presented a vision of unity, integration. I was just reading a, um, a book about the end of George Washington's career, first president of the United States, around 1800, 1796. And at that time, there were big fights between the Republicans and the Federalists. And Britain and the United States were at war. And France and Britain were at war. And the U.S. was thinking about going to war with France. And there were yellow, yellow, yellow fever epidemics. And there was the beginning of taxation and everybody was deeply in debt. And there was all kinds of political fighting. And they were wondering whether the Republic, whether America would actually become viable. You know, same thing. Nonetheless, in this time, our lives have become disrupted. And when our lives are disrupted, the, the expectations that we have for ourselves and for the future, we begin wondering, why? What's the meaning of my life? What's it for? And so this is a perfect time of one of those axial times, one of those cha- times of change, of major change, the perfect time to really inquire into and to look carefully at this issue of what is the meaning of my life? What's my life for? Why am I here? What are my intentions for this life? So thank you everybody for joining together for that, for this um, retreat, this investigation, this coming together in inquiry. Now, for those of you who are practicing at home, few guidelines. It's, we have this wonderful 85-inch TV, so every one of you is visible, lovely, makes us feel like you're part of, part of this community. And I would encourage you, please leave your video on so that we can kind of appreciate who's there. Secondly, please participate as much as possible. I know everybody at home has got many, many different polls, but we're going to be having times for uh, interaction with the teachers, Dharma talks. There'll be questions to ponder each morning. There'll be groups of friends to get together to begin to reflect on those. So we encourage you to both do the exercises and then show up to actually 
digest them with other people. One of the virtues uh, that we have, for those of us who are here, is we automatically have no media, except for this one Zoom outlet. And so the temptation at home is to keep flicking over to, what's the news say? What do my Facebook say? What is my, you know, what else other emails do I have? And so I encourage you as part of this retreat to, to diminish, to lessen your media consumption, your media interactivity. Activity. Often we recommend people go on a media fast. You know, the way they make news is it's supposed to be compelling. They want you to be as, as, as addicted and as caught as possible. That's what the whole news station is for. And part of retreat practice, part of session practice, is to disengage from being hooked. So I encourage you, diminish your media involvement and increase your silence. Increase your silence around you if that's feasible, and certainly the silence inside. And by clearing the field in that way, you'll be able to more carefully perceive what is the bubbling truth of your own life. Now, we call this life vows, says Shin, or aspiration of the heart. But this is not about the future. Say it again. This is not about the future. Now, there is no future. We cannot, all we have as the future is we can't experience it, we don't know it, it's unknown, it's mysterious. All we have is the swirling anticipation of our own minds. So when we are thinking, I want to have my life vow so that the future is going to look the way I think it's going to look, I think it should look, that I want to shape the future so that it fits my current uh, view, that isn't the way things work. It isn't in accord with reality. And yet, everything we do is going to affect the future. Now, in this present timeless realm, there is an opportunity to freshly uncover the truth of your own life to freshly uncover and see what is important to you and to freshly renew your intention to bring forth those elements of your being which are vital, important to you, the foundation of all futures, foundation of the vow. So whether you've done this no times before, or whether you've done this 20 times before, or whether you've done it more times than that. Each time, each moment is fresh. And it's fresh when we don't have our minds filled with ideas of what I already know. To discover something new means we have to go into the unknown. We have to go into places that we are not comfortable, that we don't understand. 
Because when we go into a place that we don't understand, we have to then enlarge our understanding in order to embrace it. So this issue of doing a retreat on life vows, to keep it fresh, to be open to possibility, to be open to what we don't already know, is part of the foundation. And it makes it a lot more interesting if it's fresh. So when we have questions and the exercises that Jomon and I will be offering you each morning, you may have heard these questions over and over again, but investigate them as though they were new. Investigate them as though I don't know. And then, from the place of not knowing, things reveal themselves. The trajectory of this uh, retreat is we begin by, of course, always stabilizing the mind and body. And how do we stabilize the mind and body? By being present. By being present and feeling the earth underneath us, to feel the breath breathing us, to be present. To stabilize the mind and body by not turning our attention to the future and past for a while. And then we begin questioning as we settle into the present moment, well, who are we? What are we? What is going on right here? And then we begin looking at what are the, the strongest traits and the proclivities? What are the, the, the movements? What is gestating in our being right now? And we uncover it and we clear, clear it up, we reveal it. And then in the truth of not knowing, we give life to that which is growing in us. And we give life by connecting. So throughout this week, we'll be looking at um, what's calling you. Who needs you? Where can you function? We'll be encouraging you to set intentions. We'll be encouraging you to look at your particular challenges. Now, we could say that a vow is a promise to our future self. We could say that a vow is an intention for a particular direction. We could say that a vow is a shape that we want to fill. But it has to be real. Here's the important piece. The future is unknown. It always is unknown. We don't even know there's a future except that our mind is anticipating and thinking. The world is infinitely complex, and we are infinitely complex in this moment. You know, three billion baseline strands of DNA, and there's more symbiotic life in us than there is us. And our language and everything that we see and hear in the world is incredibly dense, incredibly rich. So what happens 
is if we have a complex system like we are, a complex system like the world is, and we're paying attention to it, out of that complex system begins to evolve, begins to emerge, begins to reveal patterns. That big patterns reveal are revealed through small choices, small details. It's like snowflakes. Snowflakes are not made just by being stamped out. They're constructed by frozen ice particle after frozen ice particle, and they then turn into one of those lovely shapes that we're all familiar with. In the same way, the big patterns of our life are revealed, turn into the small decisions that we make over and over and over, the small intentions that we have for clarity and kindness, the small movements that we make towards our heart's aspiration, moment to moment to moment. And those choices, which is the only place we can make choice right in this moment, those choices accumulate, those choices uh, accrete, those choices aggregate, those choices come together in this complex, fermenting, fomentation bubble of our life and reveal our vows. It's simple, it's rich, it's intricate, it is profound. If we think of vow as just some future thing, okay, I want to be out there in the future, the future doesn't exist, it's unknown, we don't know how to do it, we, we think, what is my future vow? We don't know, and so we feel, we feel frustrated, we feel critical, and we feel um, worried that we've made a mistake, that something is wrong, that we've got to have that. But... When we say, what is the choice I can make right now? What is the value I can make right now? What is the most intimate, intense thing that I can say yes to right here? Yes, 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 yes. Out of doing the best thing and the best thing and the best thing and the best thing comes the best outcome. So in this way, our vow is an emergent property of our rich life. Our vow is not something that is at the disposition of some mindless other. But our vow is an intimate choice, an intimate decision, an intimate unfolding, which we are deeply connected to. And it becomes very personal. And its expression is as unique as all of the people that you see. Totally, completely unique. And yet, as far as I know, we all have four arms and two legs, or some combination thereof. So the vow retreat begins with stabilizing the mind, calming the mind, looking directly, 
beginning to understand who am I? What is this bubbling thing called me? Now, the nice thing about doing vows this way is everyone is 100%, 100% equipped with all of the information and with all of the power. And all we need to add to it is clarity. And the clarity is not about, I've got to get something else. The clarity is letting go of the clouds, the accretions, letting go of the dust that we have added to our essential nature. Everyone is vital in each of our worlds. Our life is absolutely essential, absolutely vital, important. This life that we have is not a is not some little flake of dust that will disappear in the cosmos. This life that we have is brought forth from the cosmos. It is needed. It is vital. It is valued. It is important. It is essential. The whole universe needs each of us. Otherwise, we would not be here. And it needs our attention. It needs our loving kindness. This is not about I, me, and my. This is about something much bigger that really has given birth to our life. And that birth that we have been given has a vow inherent in it and has particular movement inherent in it. So for us at this level, it's not about making some vow with the rational mind. It's about uncovering the vow that the universe already has given us, uncovering that movement, uncovering that life force, and aligning ourselves with our heart, aligning ourselves with the deepest truth. Our life is important, way beyond anything our small mind can imagine. So may each of us taste, touch that truth. So it's a it's always a pleasure and a surprise and a um, an amazing thing to see so many factors of the world all come together for this particular retreat or for anything actually. But so many people from so many places in the world and so much technology and so many resources have all come together right here, right now. Please begin this retreat with appreciation, with amazement, with an intention to find the clarity that is at your core. Thank you.
We have a few more minutes, so I think that the best thing to do right now is to uh, stop talking and let's do some zazen for a few minutes. And perhaps even digest. <laughs> 